When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DNBR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's go. A perfect night for Colorado, by the way. All Colorado sports teams won. So Spence has to get married every night now. That's the rule. <laughs> That's how it works. He's got to go do it all again. Uh, Avs win over Sounds the Vegas Golden Knights. Three to two. As long as he's still paying for it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love spending other people's money. <laughs> True. Uh, I, so... There's this weird conversation that I think we have in hockey a lot where you talk about deserving to win. <laughs> and yeah. the Avs won the game, so at the end of the day, they deserve to win because they won, right? But well, Money Puck has the deserve-o-meter. You have all this conversation about, oh, well, they weren't the better team. I'm not sure the Avs were the better team tonight. Look, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we joked pregame about well, I guess not jokes. We talked about if the Avs go in here and blow Vegas's doors off, what does that do to them on a morale basis after losing 3-1 to one last night to Arizona? I actually think we're in this weird situation where what ended up happening is actually worse for Vegas because they played a really good game with a shorthanded lineup. You could tell they won. They played like they knew they needed it. Yeah. And this is one of those just like soul-crushing because – that third period came. Vegas had outplayed the Avs for 40 minutes. Third period hits. And the Avs, like we saw last night, were just the better team. Like, from, from like a roster standpoint, yep. they're just better. They got more talent. Right. And, and, and it showed up over the course of 26 seconds. And that was the game. You knew it. You knew it. Blaze and I were sitting over there on the couch, and McKinnon scored that one. Blaze said, if the Avs tie this up, I feel like it's probably done. They tied it up. 26 seconds later, they scored, and the, the result well, wasn't in question for a second uh, the rest of the way. That It was genuinely the vibe the entire night. I did the watch along tonight. It's 2-1 halfway through the second period. I asked the chat what's going to happen, and like five different people are like, oh, the depth will score the second goal, and the Stars will score the third goal, and the Avs will win. And that's exactly what happened. It's like... <laughs> You know, the, the really sad thing about this is, like, if you look at the advanced statistics, this is where advanced statistics can be wrong, like, right? Like, if you just showed people yeah, those stats, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Vegas. Don't show them the, the score, and you'd be like, the yeah. Avs got blown out tonight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, but not what happens. And Well, hold on, because I, I, you said something about with the chat sure. talking about the depth and then the start. Yep. This game was like... <laughs> I mean, that is your prototypical steal a win in the playoffs. You have to win games like yep. that. 
Yep. Where where I don't think the Avs played bad, but they just got clearly outplayed. I don't think that they. I mean, they they had a lot of turnovers. Yeah. But but as a whole, like there weren't many parts of that game where you're like ripping your hair out. No, it's just it was just sloppy, right? Right. 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 And you you just got outplayed a little bit, but. Yeah. When it came right down to it, Jerry Bednar has been talking so much about needing more out of the depth. You get something out of the depth, and then your best players are your best players. Kale McCarr to Nathan McKinnon, and that's it. And and that's why, seriously, it, it felt like the game was over at 3-2 to two because that's just picture perfect how you do it. it, it yep. depth, depth and stars get you over the hump. Like, All right. AJ's not here, so we can all shit on Devontae's for a night. <laughs> so let's let's get it out while oh, we can. Oh. Right, we all love Devon here, obviously, but not his best game. Put it that wild. Way. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're so good. We we had homemade cookies brought to the bar, so you're missing out, oh. chat. Uh, Megan, I'm I'm curious what your take is on the hole in this game because the Avs did come back and win in the third period. They also only had three shots on goal in the third period. So are you just living with it being good enough, or where are you at? I feel like um, the Avs find a way to adjust depending on what is needed of them, especially from an energetic mm. standpoint. Like first period, they're kind of evaluating what level of energy they even need to bring to the table. And that's where we saw a lot of little details in their game just not there turnovers in the neutral zone Eric Johnson making some bad defensive reads which I like I'm not here to dunk on Devontae's I feel like this kind of just bleeds over the span of the entire decor when this sort of thing is happening and I think that translates and kind of seeps its way into Devontae's game too it's like a it's contagious or something it, uh, it really is and like you saw it the Avs <laughs> scored the JT Comfort goal yes and just it's like a flip switches for them they're yes. they're cruising around in the third period everything's sloppy then they get a little something flip going switches. for them yep I, and they just go all of a sudden their legs are there and they're and everyone's like all oh, right this this team is good is that flip switches it's, it's close enough <laughs> I, I make that mistake all the time it took me a minute to catch up uh yeah i mean it's the <laughs> i think that's a, a phenomenal observation of like that first period really was like all right well what's your guys's energy level what are you bringing tonight How much do we do? right yeah you played last night also we're a little tired you're a little tired uh and yeah i don't even necessarily think it's like live with it being good enough it's just that the abs are starting to when you're really starting to see this group actually mature and not just, oh, yeah, we, we've been in these situations. Like, they actually are, you can kind of see them feeling out this process a bit. And, you know, they, they've gone through the last few seasons where the focus is, has, has been get as high of a seat as you possibly can, get home ice. And I think this year they're almost kind of putting that part of it out of their mind. It's like we need to make sure that our game is on point come that time of year, regardless of where we're playing, who we're playing, and, and how, how do we work through that process? And how do we reserve energy at parts of the game, parts of the season, knowing that we'll need it later, we'll need guys healthy? And, and I, I really do. I think that's such a great thing to point out because I think you see the abs do that a lot, yep. especially since the calendar flipped over to 2022. You've seen those types of games where they kind of hang around, and then when they need to, 
They step on the gas, put the game away, and then again, they lock it down. Did anybody he here feel like that game was really in jeopardy? Like, is there any real threatening no. moments you it, can think of after the Avs took the lead? Uh, no, the one, honestly, even when they were trailing, I, I said in the first period, and I was like, as long as the Avs don't get down by two, they're fine. Right. And, and, and even then, I mean, like, we've just seen it now so many times where you're right, against a motivated Vegas team, you don't want to be tempting that yeah. but i mean toronto boston the They've abs have shown like yeah. <laughs> we have the ability to overcome that stuff against very good very talented teams and there does seem to be a little bit of like a, they have a little bit of feeling out process to everything they're doing right now and i i really do i think they're focused on we need to make sure that we understand who we are what our identity is what we have to fall back on and it's part of the reason why Bednar's messing with the lines, which, by the way, worked out again tonight. Unstoppable. And, and, and <laughs> it was it was weird. There was, I mean, it was full blend tonight. Oh, yeah. But got the but, job done. But, but so. they started with the lines that we saw last night. Yep. Uh, again, a little shuffled around. And he's doing it because he wants to understand what he's got in what situations he needs to play it in. You're playing against Vegas. You're playing against Winnipeg. You want that heavy line of Gabe Landeskog, Valnichushkin, Nazem Kadri. Maybe you don't need it in a series against Minnesota. Sure. You know, and it's just it's it's really interesting to watch this process. It all seems very deliberate yeah. over the course of a game, over the course of the season. As where the last few years, it's just been like, well, how fucking good can we be? <laughs> and and it it. It's a really fun thing to watch, and that's how they, I really do think that's why you keep seeing them ending up in these types of games where you didn't feel like they got run out of the building, they got outplayed a little, but they made the plays when it mattered, and yep. they locked it down when they needed to. And I don't know if anyone else noticed, Darcy Kemper, they went up 3-2. to two, Calm in net, tracking pucks, yeah. swallowing rebounds. I, I mean, it's it's a very well oiled machine we're, right now and they're still tinkering we're in the room I think they just finished the graphic Kemper's my king of the game no doubt about it uh, he was phenomenal and like genuinely not only does he only give up two goals but you look at the comparison of Frankie last night and Kemper tonight and you look at the two goals and you're going well the Evs gave up what a, a breakaway song this is, by and the they way. gave up so a two good. on one Yep. and neither of those you're looking at Kemper and going we need that and then he doesn't give up another one. Yep. He lets the Avs get to three and win the hockey game. How how many times did we have that conversation about Semyon Varlamov? Yep. That, that's one of the that's things. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. Like, right? When you change it where it's like in the first period, goal, he's a little bit leaky, it's fine because there's so much time to make right. up. And especially when you have a high-powered offense like the Avalanche do, do excuse me. Goal support. You yeah. don't really have to worry about it. The thing that's a killer is, you know, if you go into the third period – and then Kemper gives yeah. up an easy goal right off the bat. Crushes your momentum. Crushes yeah. it. Makes it a two-goal game. You know, the momentum just goes mm -hmm. to the other team, and the other team usually pounces on that. Could probably score another goal in that third period. Yeah. yeah. It's – and, like, genuinely, I don't know – you can't ask Kemper to play any better over the last – it's, it's like a month and a half now. Since yeah. mid-January, he's really been exactly what the Avs hoped from him. So He's making me look a little bit better than I was than yeah. he was making me look in like December. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't how how important is that 
for a defense. You, like when you can play knowing Kemper's behind you, especially in the Av system, what what does that do? Do you know? I think it bodes well because a lot of the question is what might this goaltender look like in the playoffs? And a sure. lot of that comes down to a calm demeanor that you require in your goaltender. And so looking ahead, because that's where the Avs are at, they're able to look ahead and imagine what this team is going to be like in the playoffs. And so they're able to blend lines and see if we go a man down, we at least know this line might work. And looking at Darcy Kemper having the last couple of months that he's had, he's playing calmly. Even when there are games where the Avs, uh, they take a deficit to start, and I think it bodes well for everybody's confidence in him. It, well, go ahead. Well, uh, so I was going to add to what you were just saying about it, it kind of alleviates the, the playoff worries, and it takes a little bit of that secondary pressure off of those conversations, all jokes aside, about Marc-Andre Fleury. And yep. right. it just takes that part of it away, so there's not that distraction. Then. I mean, how many times have you heard, and, and you know, Blaze, I'm, I'm sure that you can attest this, especially as a coach now, where, I mean, I even speaking for myself, and obviously I'm not playing the NHL, but you hear players talk about it all the time, just the, the, the calmness and, what's the word they always use, but just that, 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 con that confidence of knowing that, like, we have someone who has the ability to bail us out if we make a mistake. We don't have to play a perfect game. Everyone across any sport, but you know, especially hockey or anything with a with a goalie, anyone who's played in those situations and and had someone on their team who's a new goalie or has never yeah. played or you know even uh, you know not um, cover your ears when Hunter Miska was with the Avs a couple <laughs> years ago in, in that in that small little stretch where it's just like you know they're they're there for a reason they're good enough but you just had that like. Shit, we really don't want to. We don't want to give them too many looks, yeah. right? And, and while you start to overthink, you what start you're to doing. overthink, yeah. and then you make mistakes, and then yeah. those the goaltenders feel that pressure too, and then they give up one bad one, and that's how you end up. And I'm really not trying to, because I thought Hunter Miska was fine in most of the games he played here, but the one game that everyone remembers, I really do think that's what happened. That first one beat him, a little bit of jitters, and then you you just. You, you saw players throw their head back. You saw fans yeah. in the crowd, you know, yeah. oh, come on. And and now it's in his head. And just the confidence you have when you know that your goalie's locked in, that, hey, we don't need to be perfect. We can continue to play the type of game that we want to play, knowing that if we make a mistake, we have someone back there that we trust can bail us out. They're not going to 100% of the time, but yeah. they have the ability to. And it just it changes the way you play up front. And I think, yeah, confidence is just a great word to tie all that together. AJ's comment here has the stats on Kemper, and they speak for themselves. 922 December, 928 January. Unbelievable 938 February so far. I mean. I mean, you so so there's the numbers right there. That's December, January, February. Yep. And you go back to how concerned everyone was October, November. Yep. Oh, trade them. So, so <laughs> right, right. Trade them. Yeah. What did they do? This you know this guy's clearly not the answer. I mean, you're now talking about over half of the season that has already been played with still two months to go, and there's a lot of hockey left, and it can easily go the other way, right? Yep. But I mean, you continue. Obviously, I'm not expecting that trend to continue to climb. But if you stay in this range, I mean, I don't know how he's not at least back in the top five Vesna conversation. He top three, arguably. Right. That's what I'm, at least top five. It's. It, it, it just the narrative on him. It, I mean, maybe it hasn't switched, but it should. 
Because you're now talking about three complete months where he's been well over a, a 920 goalie even. Yeah. Yep. And, and then you add that into the two very average months he had before that. Not bad. Average. And, I mean, you, you're... As of right now, the playoffs will be the ultimate, you know, determining Vesna factor is, on this. But you're getting a first-round pick and Connor Timmons worth out of him right now. Yep. Vesna is also a weighted award, right? Like, yep. it gets more important at the end yeah. of the year, right? So, like, if he keeps playing like this, definitely is going to be in the conversation. Oh, right. If he continues to wind it up. And I asked, I think it was Darren Helm a couple weeks ago. Uh, they come back from the All-Star break. First game against is against Tampa Bay. You were there. Yes. And it was, a, I mean, maybe the best game of the season still, even with some of the games that we've had the last couple weeks. It was a banger. I, I mean, phenomenal play from both sides. And I asked Darren Helm about it the next day. I said, you know, seems like you guys really picked up the intensity right away. Didn't take anything to get you guys back into it. You've, you're a veteran. You've done. You've won a Stanley Cup. You've been on deep playoff runs. What what does that take? And he goes. I think that's just a sign when teams understand that's just what happens the rest of the season. There, there, there's no, like, if you're a true, and again, AJ, shout out AJ, if you're a true cup contender, if you're a serious contender, Darren Helm was just saying that's just something that you've got to know. No one should have to tell you you've got to ramp up your play. Yeah. And, again, you're seeing it with Darcy Kemper. I think you're seeing it with the abs that they understand we can't wait for someone else to tell us we need to turn up the play We've got to pick up so, our pace, and they're doing it. There we go. I wasn't sure what my DraftKings pick of the week was going to be, but you guys are selling me on maybe maybe splash him cast on Kemper for the Vesna. I'm yeah, sure the go. odds are ridiculously good. I'm sure you can get great plus money on it. Let's so, let's take a look here. Blaze will go look. Yeah. I'll if get you back want, to you in if a you want something more wild, F1 practicing began again. Preseason testing. So put all your money on Max Verstappen to Jesus. win the championship. Easy life. The bar is losing their shit tonight, chat. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's like legitimately going off down there. Yeah, it's crazy out here right now. <laughs> this is why you got to come to the DNVR bar. There's like two birthdays and a wedding yeah, going it's, on it's down there. It's actual pandemonium. The Nuggets game was insane the yeah. entire night. The Avs game lost their minds in the third period. This is what it's all about Dude, right here. I was going to say. Ready? I'm ready. Darcy Kemper plus five thousand. Plus five. Th you gotta just throw five bucks at that just for fun. Like I've got an odd amount in my account, and I'm just gonna go put just my dump it on yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Darcy Kemper for the Vesna. Get over to DraftKings. Put your money on it. If you sign up for a new account with code DNVR, bet one dollar, you can get hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if you pick an NBA team to win their next game. So do that, and then put all your free bets on Darcy Kemper and win like. $10,000 or something. That's what that adds up to, right? No. It's like 7500 What? No. Nah, yeah, it'd be like 7500 If you put how much on 150? it? $150. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So go just, go buy a lottery ticket like that. Why not? I just put five bucks down for 200 and some dollars. Seventy six fifty. So 7650 if you did 150 wow. bucks. So ridiculous. I honestly don't think that Kemper will win it, but he could. Yeah. Never know. Keep, Why not? Keeps going like this. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna put himself in the conversation for sure. There's always a chance, or maybe he'll end up winning Bednar the Jack Adams. <laughs> I, I just I want that so bad just for him. Like he deserves personally, one. he deserves one. 
Uh, anyway, DraftKings Sportsbook, use the DNVR code to get the $1 for $150 opportunity. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, go get a Breck Brew. The Avs saved the two goals for the third period, so you don't get the free brew. But every time the Avs score two goals in the first period, Breck Brew is giving you your first beer on them. Keep your receipt. Go to breckbrew.com, post your receipt. They will reimburse you for the beer. It's a great deal. Get on it. Also, coming up, I can't spoil all the details, but all I'm saying is have your Avs merch ready. Have your selfies ready. We're going to be giving away some Avs tickets pretty soon, thanks to Breck Brew. So keep your eyes peeled for the Avs tickets. It's going to be good. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. It's like we're at 50-50 if my voice makes it through this podcast <laughs> yeah. at this point. We're yelling over the bar a lot here. Uh, Blaze, you have some questions to answer to the chat. Everyone was mad at you for wearing Vegas-colored socks today. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Avs won, right? I jinxed them. <laughs> they played as bad as uh, I play hockey, so. Well, I mean, word on the street is you scored more goals than either of these <laughs> hockey teams tonight. So Might have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the socks worked out for you in the end. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's, our, uh, that's my travel team's uh, kits are Vegas Knights colors. Gonna have Sorry. To swap, you're going to have to swap I, teams, look, boys. Look, I didn't pick it. <laughs> the guy's from Halifax. He likes Vegas. I don't know Got to wear it. Fraternizing with the enemy. I see. Okay. I see how it is. But I I do want to get into this game. Do you guys, Blaze, do you feel the same way I did about Val Nachushkin in this game? Because on a night where I felt like the Avs really didn't have a lot of energy, every time I looked up, I was like, there's Val Val checking. There's Val taking away a puck. We were actually talking about this, too. Like (laughs) He was actually using his body tonight, his whole frame, and that is scary when he's going like that and he's forechecking that is a big strong man that can do some harm but he was also playing on the right side of the puck which i always like to talk about you Um, you know blazes was a coach yeah with this one for sure the way he was playing you you gotta love it he was actually moving there was a lot of abs that were very complacent tonight throughout the game uh he definitely wasn't one of them and i thought alex newhook again like always he's always got a motor out there as well Love to see it. Um, he's a freak, dude. He yep. like Valentushkin is a freak. He's, a, he's an yeah. actual. Unfortunately, at the wrong moments, the stone hands come out a little bit to play <laughs> in the third period there, but didn't hurt the abs, so you're good to go. And then, well, I guess we're we're just further confirming the fact that Andre Burakovsky and Valentushkin share one set of hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this week they're back on Berkey's body. So, <laughs> dude, I I just like. <laughs> Val just looks more and more like a true top six forward to me every fucking day. I can't disagree. And, like, like I sit here and I'm like, should he be the priority to bring back, knowing that Naz is gone regardless? Yeah, I think he should be. Like, I don't – like, he, he, he's just – he's he, he's impressive. And, yeah, Blaze and I were talking – I mean, dude, these games get done and this guy goes and hits the weight room, like, hard. <laughs> He, right as we're talking, this dude is pumping iron. D- right dead now. serious, like yeah. for yeah, not real. Kidding. And, and, and and I mean, it's just when he plays the way he did tonight, and he plays big like that, he's he's a really tough player to handle. 
Most guys get on the bike after a game, and he's going out and yeah. just pumping iron. <laughs> While on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, everyone, let's pull out our suits of armor. Get your shields and, and point them towards Jesse for a second. <laughs> we have to talk about Eric Johnson again. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to say earlier, I won't get into it. <laughs> we, you have to. You have to talk about it because a sp- on nights where the rest of the Avs defense is playing well, you, you live with it. You can deal with Eric Johnson. But on a night where you're seeing Taves have some issues, you're seeing McCarr struggle, and then Eric Johnson is just an anchor. These are the nights where you go, this is why the Az need to add another defenseman at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, like, I, I mean, this is another thing Blaze and I were talking about. EJ's a really interesting figure for the Az. Yep. He's been here a long time, and there's a lot of people that really like him. He's, he's very passionate about being an Av. He's been here for a long time. He's the longest tenured Av right now. Um, the organization invested a lot in him, and there were moments, small pockets, where he he looked like he was going to live up to some of those. It just has never really kind of turned that that corner for him. He never really got to where everyone wanted him to be, and maybe you could argue the couple seasons where he was at his closest was when the Avs were at their worst, so it was a complete wash irrelevant. It's really hard because this contract hasn't looked good for several years now, and it has just seemed to be like ongoing. You, you, every time you think, oh, well, next year has to be the end, right? No, there's four more years. <laughs> there's three more years. You come into this year after what was a pretty abysmal year last year for him. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't play. And, and you were saying, all right, is it time to move on? I think had he not waived the no-move clause, they would have bought him out, and it would have been this kind of real ugly end of the tenure. I think that's part of the reason why he probably did do it. But there has been kind of this growing feeling over the last couple of years that especially with the way this decor has matured and the players that have come in, and Bo Byram's not even playing, you've got Justin Barron hanging in the wings. Yep. Eric Johnson, unfortunately, over the last couple of years, has become more of a roadblock than he has an ultra-serviceable defenseman. Now you get to this year. They didn't buy him out. Seattle didn't take him in the expansion draft. He comes back, and he was supposed to be your sixth D. He was supposed to be the, the, the last guy in the lineup. If you had an injury, he maybe flexed in for a day or two. And, and my whole thing is I just – he looks to me – like, he is still trying to be Eric Johnson from five or six years ago, and he's just not. He, he's it's, it's unfortunate. His body's just broken down a little too much, and he's just getting a little bit older. He's a player whose entire game was built around his mobility, being able to move, get the puck up ice, and as every player in history has eventually runs into the wall, yep. he just can't do that anymore. And to me, it just doesn't look like he wants to be like a – a shutdown guy. It's like, no, I still want to be who I am. And it's like, that's great, but you don't have the well, skill set to do it. And it's become problematic. T- tonight, a great example. He throws a puck in from the blue line, gets caught, and gives up a breakaway and, the and, other and, way. And I mean, he, I don't even think he was, I mean, he wasn't close to catching yeah, it. No, you know he got, I mean? he got like, a torch. And it's just, I, I, I feel bad because you don't want to see this like kind of ugly burnout at, 
at the end of what has been a relatively positive relationship between him and the organization and the fans. But it's like, holy shit, this, this play is actually, and, and I think it's been worse the last couple weeks than most of the season. His season's been up and down at best. And he's in a real bad down right now. And, and you are just getting to the point where it's like, like you said, you need to get another defenseman because you, you just can't play Eric Johnson the way that you're playing him right now. He, he's just not good enough, and he's he's actively hurting you. Tonight, he, he actively hurt you. And, and it's just, it, like I said, it, it sucks because he has been here a long time. He's been good for the organization. But the fact that you're staring down another year of this, another year of this. Like, holy smokes. And and I do think the Avs can make it work with him as a six. Maybe next year you're looking at him as more of a seven. We'll see. I, I, I was going to say, I mean, honestly, I really do think that if he wants to stay here next year, you know, you're not – there's no way he's coming back. They need that money for other stuff. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, if he wants to stay, but, I mean, you, you're imagining if they don't trade him this trade deadline – I imagine I Justin Barron slots would, in next year. And then you've got, you know, you'll have a couple defensive prospects. You know that they'll dip into the defensive free agency market. Eric Johnson might, if he decides to stay and if they don't buy him out, he's, I, I mean, he is, will. he is staring absolutely at being a healthy scratch on most nights with a healthy roster. Like that's where his play is at. Yeah. It's just not, it's not good enough. It's, I, I I agree with all that you're saying, but the Avs did win tonight, so I do want to move back to positive things, too. <laughs> Megan, who's your best defenseman on the I don't, I don't dislike tonight? Eric Johnson. <laughs> I don't dislike Eric Johnson. Here we I'm just, go. I'm Here watching, we go. Get I, it out. Get it well, out. No, it's just but like, I, I'm watching that, and, and the biggest Eric Johnson fan can't look me well, straight in the face and say he's played well recently. And, and here's the thing is, like, yeah. especially on a night tonight where I thought Jack Johnson was actually good. Yeah. He played well. Right. And, and, and Eric Johnson has had good moments and a couple good games. And, yeah, if the Avs win the Cup, I, I hope the Avs win a Cup for Eric Johnson. I don't want to see this end with him, like, you know, being healthy, scratched out of the lineup and never getting it done. I hope they win, and I hope EJ gets a Cup. I, well, he's just, not going to be a healthy scratch moving forward this year. Not this the, year. The Avs but, just can't do it. Right, right, right. But but it's just the, the, the play has become a, a problem recently more so than than the rest of the well, year. Well, it's definitely on display tonight. I mean, that that first period, it's just the block shots. <laughs> you need new glasses, bud. Yeah. I, I, actually, I, I, uh, I am due for a new prescription. The, the block yeah. shot going the other direction. Yeah, it's that's just like, it's, it's something that you've seen all year. Yeah. All Obviously, year? You don't his his entire career. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Eric Johnson's greatest yeah. hits. Okay. All right. Positives. Megan, give me, give me a good defenseman take on this hockey game. Kale McCarr. Thank you. I see it. Yahir's breaking stuff out here. It's my fault. It's my fault. I didn't think Kale McCarr played that well tonight, so so sell me on it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought we were talking like overview, like Kale McCarr. Oh, in that case, yeah. You you don't have to say another word beyond Kale McCarr. Um, I don't even know if I want to say it. Jack Johnson. Hey! <laughs> there were there were some positives in his game tonight that I think you look at like one game into the next, there is an improvement. And I actually thought he was moving the puck pretty well. Um, I agree. So if we're looking at this game specifically, I'm going to give Jack Johnson some credit. I I fully yeah. agree. I obviously he had the assist on the comfort tip in 
Uh, but I thought he was solid defensively on a night where, like you said, a lot of the Avs players were just throwing pucks in directions, and Jack Johnson was making some passes out there. So I, I don't know if that's a great job, Jack Johnson, or you're looking at the rest of the Avs D like, please? Well, but like that, so that's that was supposed to be, or that I think that still is, the fun part about that what was supposed to be a Johnson and Johnson pair. That obviously Byron being out, you're not really getting that. But Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson, like they they are still NHL defensemen, Absolutely. and and Absolutely. you can get games like you got out of Jack Johnson tonight. There was a game that EJ had a couple weeks ago. I don't remember which one it was, but like where he played really well. It's like. That's supposed to be the fun part of those two guys. Like, you have these two bonus guys on your bottom pairing who can give you a really strong game every now and then. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think Jack Johnson was good tonight. It's, you know, it's kind of funny because the conversation often is always, oh, well, you know, coaches don't like to play the young guys because you don't know what you're going to get out of them on any given night. Right, right. And it feels like it's kind of come full circle. Opposite, where yeah. You don't know where you're going to get out of the Johnsons on any given yeah, yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be so. awesome or it could be... <laughs> And for Jack, it was really good tonight, yeah. uh, obviously. In a game where uh, I, I didn't actually hate the Avs defense tonight, I think especially as the game wore on, they did a good job keeping Vegas on the perimeter. But I, I genuinely cannot remember the last Avs game where we were like, no, they did a good job protecting the puck in the defensive zone. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, they definitely had their lumps tonight, but like, I really don't think that the Avs played that bad. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty bad, but it, but it was. I just I think they I just think they got outplayed. What? Oh, it's, you're such an asshole. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think they played that bad, but I think I I think Vegas played a good game. Yeah, they didn't. Definitely, Vegas deserves some credit there. Yeah. I did want to get back into this conversation because I think there's a little bit more to dive into on Vegas's side of it. I, I, I was wanting it to Vegas yeah. eventually, yeah. Um, if you're Vegas, are you hitting the panic button right now? Like, because genuinely they've lost, what, five straight now? They have injuries that looking to have a significant impact on their ability to win hockey games. What, what I mean, do you do if you're Vegas? Look, look at the last two games that they played, back-to-back games. A bottom feeder team, and then the best team in the league right now. And you don't have answers for either of those mm-hmm. games, right? Like, both games, you were up. Yep. You had a chance to win a game out, and you just couldn't put your foot down on the other team. And not being able to just annihilate a team after going up on them is a bad sign for a hockey team. Yeah. Especially a team that's supposed to be talented now. I know they do have injuries, right? But you still have to find a way to win. It, we always talk about it when the Avalanche were right, injured. Right. Like you've got to find ways to win. It's just part of hockey. Robin Leonard ain't going to get you to score more goals. That's for sure. That's true. But, I mean, it, since Mark Stone's been gone, it seems like they are having a very hard time figuring out ways to actually be a threat and score goals. Well, so it's, it's interesting, dude, because – I don't remember if we were talking about it on a show or I think I think it was just you me and AJ talking about it yesterday about yeah. how you know Vegas people talk a lot about Vegas fans how nobody feels sympathy for them because 
they've seen what four conference finals in five years. Yeah. And and the one little bit of heartbreak that they did have. Well, like I'll give you, like exit. it was, it was bullshit and all that they stuff. They also yeah. were up three one in that series. Right, Let's right. not forget. <laughs> and, and so, like, but, uh, from like a fan standpoint, it's like, okay, yeah, you get that one. Your team kind of fell apart. But then, from the team side, this is going to be a really interesting moment for them because this is maybe the first time in that franchise's history that they find themselves with a legitimate uphill climb. LA won tonight. Yep. yep. They are now. More than two points behind LA, meaning they can't catch them in one game. So they're now firmly in that that third seed in the Pacific. And there's a couple games that hadn't gone final yet. They're one heartbreak <laughs> red to a rule change. Yeah, seriously, like yeah. Uh, you know, so there's a couple games that still haven't gone final yet. Vegas is in a situation where, with the injuries that they are now staring down, they've lost five in a row. They're now in the thick of. Not the Pacific Division title race. They're in the playoff race. They are right now by standings perspective, they're considered a bubble team. Yep. And Mark Stone, if Mark Stone's coming back, your roster's getting worse. So you have to assume you don't have Mark Stone the rest of the way. It's unclear on Robin Leonard. Max Pacioretty left again. He can't seem yeah. to put together ten consecutive games. And, and, and you've got a legitimate uphill climb, and you're going to see how this organization responds to adversity, especially in the Pete DeBoer era where they've really everything's, you know, been turned up aces for them. And, you know, they've landed. I was thinking about it during this game. If you're Joe Sackick, how fucking annoyed do you have to be at Vegas? You were in on Mark Stone, barely lose out to Vegas. You're in on Alex Petrangelo in free agency, lose out to Vegas. Uh, you're you're in on Jack Eichel to the point where Jack Eichel thought yeah, he was going yeah. to Colorado, and you lose out to Vegas, and so like you, you've done everything you can you, you you can you've thrown every asset you have, and now you're looking at a huge uphill climb, and your team is feeling terrible right now. Five I don't know six, if it's necessarily then. like panic time because there's still a lot of hockey left to be played, but I, I mean. You've got to have a serious, like, come to Jesus moment. Look yourself in the mirror and decide how you want this, this is, the rest of the season to go. It, you know, it's a little bit similar, I think, to where five the Avs were at the start of the year. The Avs go four, five, and one in their first ten. Right. And they're massacred by injuries. And it was like, look, if the Avs don't figure this out, it could be a long season for them. Well, and, and that Vegas is like, if we don't figure this out. They're in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. And, and I think that goes back a lot to what Megan was talking about earlier with how like it felt like there was a little bit of a feeling out process. I I, I do think that was kind of the abs moment of like, okay, what are we? Are, are we just trying to win games just to get the points and get in, or are we trying to be serious about this? This we're four, five, and one. Like this doesn't have to be the end of our season if we get ourselves together, collect ourselves, and understand who we are and play to our identity. And we all talked at the time, like, hey, if you're going to go through this, go through to the beginning of the year. Yep. Vegas is doing it now three weeks before the trade deadline, and they have some very serious decisions to make uh, about answering that exact question. Who are we? Do we need to have Mark Stone back? Because like you said, since he's gone out, this team looks a little lost. Yep. Do we need to have Mark Stone? Can he play through the injury? Are we? How much are we fudging this, right? 
Yep. Is he actually on LTIR, or are we just doing it to play I, the cap I mean, game? He has to miss ten games. Right. But right. But yeah. but but I guess my point is like, if you're saying we need to bring him back after those ten games, you're gonna have to make some moves here in a couple weeks, and your team's probably gonna get worse. Well, I think that's a great point because. Vegas's answer isn't the trade deadline because they they, they can't, can't they, add anything. They're, they're done, dude. Yeah. Like they are, they're done. Did they, the front office really think that Eichel was just the magic bullet that was going to make everything well, work, I, I, even I really, knowing that they were going to have to sell off assets? I, I think it was looking at it now, and this is maybe a bit fucking hasty and like a little <laughs> dramatic. But ask anyone that's ever met me, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> I, I I think what you're seeing is a little bit of overconfidence. I, I, you know that Ken saying that last week stuck with me two yeah. weeks ago, and neither of these teams really need the points. And I nodded along, but then I looked down on my phone and I was like, "Calgary's one point behind you, and LA's two points behind them." Like, yeah, you're leading the division, but you need points right now, and they haven't really gotten any. And, and, and so I think the Eichel thing and the subsequent Mark Stone move, I think what you're seeing is a little bit of overconfidence of like, ah, well, we'll get in. We'll be fine. Well, and then suddenly you look up and you've got a myriad of injuries and you're in the middle of a really bad stretch here. Yeah. And suddenly, like I said, there's three teams knocking on the door to fucking push you outside of the playoff picture. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too. And I don't know. I can't speak to what's going on in the locker room and the team. Obviously, we don't cover them. We don't have that intermittent look, but Certainly from a fan base perspective, you're at the point with Vegas where it feels like, all right, you know, at first you guys were the underdog, you were the new team and the fresh new thing. And now, especially with Seattle coming into the league and being bad, I think most fan bases are over it. They're like, they're done with Vegas. Like, there isn't that upbeat air around the team where, you know, they go into every building and and people are always talking about them. People bring up Vegas, and it's like when you bring up the Rangers. Everyone's like, oh, please stop talking about that hockey team. (laughs) Dude, like, part of the reason for me, the Eichel thing, just them doing the LTIR thing just felt so much shittier than the Lightning doing it, was it's like they had the success in year one, and they made a couple small deadline moves. They almost brought in Eric Carlson. And, you know, they, 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 their management and ownership talked a lot about we're trying to establish ourselves in the market. And we, you know, we, we, were, we exceeded expectations and we're trying to capture that. And they got so close and it seems like now they're, just, they're doing everything they can just to, just to finally win it and say we did it, be the quickest expansion team to win a cup or whatever. And what just felt so shitty about it is they, they bought every big piece of this team. There is nothing about this Vegas team anymore that's homegrown. You have Marcia So, Riley, uh, Riley Smith, and and William Carlson. And those are the last three guys, and two of them are probably gone whenever they have to deal with this cap situation. And that's what's just so annoying. It's like you guys have you guys have landed every big free agent, yeah. every big trade target, and that's why I think you're right. It's it's like everyone's like good. <laughs> Good. Like I hope I hope this happens. Uh Okay. We are brought to you by Ivanka TV. If you want to actually watch the Avs on your actual television, 
Avaca's the way to go. Just 25 bucks a month. You get altitude. When the baseball does come back, you'll get AT&T Sports Network. Also, they got the sports. They got the national channels. They got you covered. It's not the nonsense. I was doing the watch along earlier. I know all of y'all are pirating the game, all right? <laughs> Everybody knows. You don't have to do that anymore with Avaca. You can make it easier. You get the remote. You just turn on the TV. The abs are on. Especially, like, I get it. A lot of you know how to pirate the game, but this is like, go tell your parents. This is a huge thing for my parents who don't, they're not going to figure out their way around the computer and stealing a hockey game. They just want to be able to watch it. Avaca will allow them to do that. So jump on Avaca TV. Go to Avaca, E-V-C-O-A, no, E-V-O-C-A, I can spell, dot TV slash DNVR to get your Avaca TV set up right now. Uh, also brought to you by, oh, oh, I forgot which read is next. <laughs> Slacking tonight. Usually have him down. Oh, right. Uh, Blaze's favorite drink in the whole world, the Ranch Riders. He's the, what? Got one right here. Is that the jalapeno one? Is that what no, that one No, this one, let's see here, is the lime. It's this lime just and tequila. Lime and tequila. In a bottle. Well, that's, that's a can. water. Yeah, with, with ranch water. It's good. It, it's delicious. It it genuinely I'm surprised more companies haven't moved into this space because we've seen the like seltzers with like beer or lighter alcohols in them, but these have tequila, they also have a vodka option. So they're they're cocktails, I guess. Cocktails in a can. Bam! Easy enough. You know they're good. One, because they came from a food truck. And for all the bad takes we have on this show, everyone knows food trucks just make better stuff. That's just a fact. Two, they're one of the top 10 fastest selling alcohols in the country. So clearly people like them. Go get them. Go get yourself some ranch water from Ranch Riders. Absolutely delicious stuff. And I can confirm, hung out with my buddies last night. They do the job quite well (laughs) when you're trying to get drunk. I restocked the fridge. I came in today. They were gone. They were gone. (laughs) So pretty good stuff third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast the voice is fading fast uh let's talk about the actual you know good goals of this hockey game for the abs first you have burakovsky most predictable thing ever that he scored again right yes of course okay third period you get one from jt comfer does that feel like a weight off the shoulders of the abs a little bit to see that depth scoring get something again yes (laughs) Good answer. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? <laughs> I'm I'm mulling it over a little bit, um, but it's just you look at the bottom six, um, and this is an area that has been hurting um, to produce. And I think in Tyson Joe's being scratched tonight, yep. we're seeing that there are now some hard-hitting coaching decisions that are being made around this frustration with Abe Kubel scratched prior to that. It's a pretty serious situation and so if you'd like to continue playing more than five minutes a night then you need to start scoring and i don't think it's an accident that he's rotating this scratch either with the trade deadline less than a month away right no. you <laughs> sat down and Ming goes do you know anything about joe's being scratched and i was like no i know that bednar wasn't happy with him she goes Ooh, I'm building my own conspiracy theories over here about him being traded. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even think about that. Bring back the conspiracy theories. I'm here for this. Yes. But uh, look, the Avs got to make room for the ginger gem. We know Claude Giroux's coming. It's just I refuse to listen to real news 
I'm just convinced that this is happening at this point. I mean, he's so, not going to be a depth guy on the third or fourth line, though. Yes, but he moves everyone down the oh, line. Sure, okay. So someone's okay, going to <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you for Happy that. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was, no, no. I was saying no, earlier, we have, we have a bunch of birthdays downstairs. Yeah. No. Allie. <laughs> no. We had a birthday here at the DMVR bar. And it was and Allie's. Happy no. birthday, Allie. <laughs> Let's we go. We had a birthday and a wedding at the DMVR bar. Well, not at. The party was at the DMVR bar. It's here now. That's yes. for sure. It's for sure here. <laughs> go at. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to win for Allie on her birthday. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but the real, the reality is uh, there's a decent chance the Fs move out of forward at the deadline, but someone is likely to get the short end of the stick when it comes to bringing in players for Colorado. And as I talked about with the chat on the watch along, I think a lot of people would like it to be Darren Helm. But... Lots of time. Um... <laughs> uh, but right now, Bednar's trying to find it. Mac and Joe scratched. Would not surprise me to see him rotate that through to a couple of other guys over the next couple of weeks. Dude, Megan and I were talking during the game. I, I, I asked Bednar last night about that fourth line getting essentially benched for the second period and then very limited ice time in, in the third. And I, I asked him, I said, what kind of conversation did you have? And then he said, didn't have one. That was the extent of his answer. That's rough. And on on the on the next question he answered, he said, "I'm going to try to to scrape any kind of production out of that bottom six I can get." Yep. So Comfort contributing like that whole bottom six knows that exactly well, what you said. Someone is on the move, yep. and unless you're Logan O'Connor and just going, "Hey, I'm out playing my contract right now," <laughs> they're probably not going to move me. <laughs> like everyone in that bottom six. They're all playing to, to stay and have a chance at a run with this team. Well, and, like, when you get into the playoffs, right, like we always talk about, like, your big players have to be your big players, like right? Your top two lines have to be clicking. Of course. But the difference between teams that go far in the playoffs are teams where that bottom six yep. is contributing to goals, you know, not just doing the defensive side of the, the puck, but also contributing on the offensive why side. Tampa gave up a first-round pick for a clear bottom six player. Everyone said, why'd they do that? And they were like, no, we wouldn't, We know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> AJ adding to the conspiracy theory. I was just reading. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. Leave Bowers out of this. Bowers traveled but didn't play. <laughs> Math is adding up here. All right. Yeah, we need yeah, the yeah. mega brain. Uh, the other goal, exactly what Blaze is talking about. Yes, you need a big goal out of your depth. But who gets it done? Oh, look. Uh, through the neutral zone, it goes Taves to Berkey to Miko to Kale, to McKinnon, and the puck goes in the net. And it's like, oh, all right. The Evs have a lot of really good players, huh? I yeah. forgot. Uh, and, and on the whole, I don't think it was a good night for the Avs' top players, but it doesn't have to be because Darcy Kemper kept the game within one goal, and it takes one play, and when you're that good, you can make one play happen at any time. When you have three shots in the third period and two of them are goals, <laughs> things are going your way. <laughs> it's an 82-game season. Like, you're going to have some stinkers, but again... <laughs> As long as you can turn it up in the moments that you need to over the course of a game and season. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. That, and we talked about it earlier, right? The abs understand, all right, we need something. Turn yeah. the knob. Yeah. I, team's good, fam. I don't really know what else to tell <laughs> you. Uh, we have, like, a couple of super chats, I think. 
$20 from Zach. Extremely generous. Wow. Can't stop, won't stop, fam. Thank you very, very so much. So true. So true. The bar can't stop right now. That's for sure. Fabs can't either. I mean, they the just true. keep winning. From Nom Nom, Darcy, Darcy, Darcy. <laughs> he can't stop or won't stop either. None of this is stopping. All right? <laughs> Ten bucks from the Schick. <laughs> I think I said that correctly. Am I the only one whose life is on the verge of being uprooted because of your ad reads? I'm about to wake up, drink my AG1, quit my job, move to Denver, work for ball, celebrate with some sexy pizza. <laughs> sounds sounds oh, like a great decision to me. None of that sounded bad. Yeah. Uh, Ten bucks from Colton. If they are fully healthy, how good do you think they are? My thoughts are... Maybe mid-Pacific. Vegas, fully healthy. They're, they're the best team in the Pacific. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but the whole thing is they're not, and we don't know when they're going to be well, again. And the cap issue now, too. Like, right. right. That changes everything as well. Right. They literally cannot be fully healthy. Yeah. They, they have the best <laughs> roster. Even when they have been fully healthy, they haven't played Together. Great. Yeah. They haven't played great. And, you know, Eichel probably isn't fully settled in there, but... You know Vegas is saying it's it's been ten days. Right. Let's go, Jack. Right. Come on, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching them very. And, and again, I really do. At the end of the day, I think they figure it out. They'll get in. They'll be fine. Uh, but they they're staring at some at some real challenges for the first time in their franchise's history. <laughs> Ed. It was definitely Dr. Dub tonight. It was not the professor tonight for Colorado. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, they did the what intern. they had to do. Yeah. <laughs> the, not even like, this is the, not even the resident. It's like the first day med student <laughs> handing out the prescriptions for Dubs today. But, uh, you know, they made it work. Uh, ah, final thoughts? Anyone? <laughs> anyone want to say something beyond the abs or dope, fam? No? No, no, I think that pretty much covers it. All right. Awesome. I got to stop this. I can't. I know. I know. It's it's loud in here, fam. It's been a, it's been a night. We're going to wrap this one up. Thank you for watching and listening. All this right now is real easy to be an Avs fan when well, there's what? Are they 7-1-2 and two still, or did they move back to 8-2 and two at this point? Did the, did the OT loss fall off? I forget. I don't know. Well, they lost to Boston, right? Yeah, that made them seven two and one in their last seven two and one. Yeah, I think that's still there. I don't know when the OT loss falls off. Who knows? But anyway, it's dope. Everything's amazing. Abs are the best team in the league right now. We'll talk to you on Monday.